0: Hi, I'm Anna Olson, and you're listening to We're Not Kidding, a podcast devoted to sharing stories surrounding the child-free life. As a life coach, I'm passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered in their choice not to have children. And I believe that by sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So, let's dive in. All right. Welcome back everyone. Today. I'm so excited. We're speaking with Kelsey Bentley. Kelsey and I, as you may guess, have connected through Instagram. This is becoming a theme and I'm just so grateful to have gotten to know her. She is a bit of a self-care expert, but I will let her take it away and tell us a bit more about herself. So Kelsey, welcome.
1: Thank you for being here. Um, Thank you you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm just going to talk right over you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'll let you take it away. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. So, um, as you mentioned, I'm Kelsey Bentley of simply Bentley and by trade, I am a hairstylist. So I got my experience, my hands-on experience in helping others with their self-care behind the chair, um, for 11 years now. And wow. what, yeah. So what really kind of brought it to teaching it online and all that stuff um, was my own self-care journey because about five years into my career, I started burning out really, really bad. Mm -hmm. I was miserable and resentful of everybody, like getting to have fun and all these things, you know? And so through kind of deep diving into that, it's led me to the online space and specifically how we can manage our time and create routines and do different things that help us support our self-care in a way that happens naturally as part of our regular daily routines. Were there some
0: things that you started putting into place for yourself that you've now begun teaching?
1: Oh man. (laughs) So I tried all the things in the beginning. Um, it started out with, there was a free like 21 day self-care challenge. And really up to this point, I hadn't really even heard the term self-care too much. Like I wasn't really in that space, that sort of thing. So I just started searching on Pinterest and you know, like we do, (laughs) and I came across (laughs) this 21 day challenge. So I started with that. And then I started doing like all these different things, all these morning routines and evening routines and things like that. But what happened for me was that I ran into this challenge where I would try something and it might work for a few days, maybe a week, that sort of thing. But it would always seem to kind of fizzle out. I'd get off track. My schedule wouldn't work out right. And it would just, it always left me with these feelings of like feeling super guilty or kind of like feeling bad about myself because it's like, why can't I just stick to something, you know? And so it's been more recently that I've realized that I had unconsciously started putting these different routines and things in place to help support the, the bigger things that you, the more visible things, I guess, like the morning routine and that sort of thing. So it's been an evolution. It has very much been an evolution. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, Just out of curiosity, how do
0: you feel about the way self-care is portrayed? You know, it's kind of a buzzword right now or has been for a bit. Yeah. What are your
1: thoughts? (laughs) I have lots of thoughts. Um, (laughs) I do feel like there are more people who are starting to get to the root of it to self care being rest, to self care not necessarily being getting a massage or taking a bath with a bath bomb, that sort of thing. Like one of my most popular feed posts on Instagram um, so far has been you know, if I go take a really luxurious bath with the perfect bath bombs and and the candles and all the things. But when I walk out of my bathroom, if my house is a mess and my fridge is only full of like crusty leftovers and, and stuff like that, like yeah. doesn't it like negates everything. So it's like self-care has to start in a different place than a lot of people necessarily say or teach or promote. So I am very much interested in what comes before that because I do love, I love a good bath with a bath bomb and the candles and the whole nine yards. But like I said, you know, if, if everything else in life is falling apart, the bath, isn't going to fix it for you.
0: Right. It's kind of a band aid at that point. Yeah. 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 Cause you're still going (laughs) to walk out of the bathroom. Like you said, with all those other Things, whether it's like yeah. your physical environment not being in order or maybe your internal environment. Like, if mm-hmm. you don't process through things, a bubble bath is going to make yeah. you feel good while it lasts, but not beyond that.
1: If that, I mean, if if you're true, yeah, because if you're the type of person who feels guilty for doing anything for themselves, you're going to be sitting in there feeling bad that you're like, you know, hiding from your partner in the bathroom or, you know, not answering somebody's text right away or that sort of thing. So it's like, it might not even make you feel good at all.
0: Right. So true. Okay, so I know that self care is important to you, and you're also someone who is child free by choice. Do
1: these two interweave for you in any specific way? They interweave for me in a lot of ways. As I mentioned, like with my career as a hairstylist, early on, and this is this is uh, advice, I guess, <laughs> very bad advice, but advice given to lots of new hairstylists, and it's you know, you have to work hard now. Like you have to say yes to all the clients, work the nights, work the weekends until you have kids. You know, when you have kids, it'll get easier because then you won't feel like you have to do this all the time. And Um. so it very much contributed to that burnout season. And I'm like, at that point I hadn't fully like stepped into or decided like, this is never happening for me or probably never happening for me. And so it was just kind of like, okay, I'll just do this until I don't have to anymore. And then, and then it was like, no, I don't want to do this at all. Yeah. That whole
0: idea is very much based on the idea that you will have kids and you need to like get those long hours and odd shifts out of the way so that when you have kids, you have, you can like have the ideal shift to work around your children's schedule.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. So what kind of like, what was your schedule? Like, was it all over the place
1: and what were your hours like? Oh, I cringe to think about it nowadays (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, I, there is a certain amount of tenacity required, especially because I went pretty much straight into being self-employed. And so for a while I worked two jobs, you know, I had a, a, job that I worked as a bank teller during the day. And then in the evenings and on the weekends, I would go into the salon, but I mean, I would be working until nine or 10 o'clock at night and then be at the bank at seven 15 the next morning. And I would be doing that. Yeah. Like, cause I had at that time, I had a very traditional, you know, Sunday, Monday off, like a lot of hairstylists do. So I was doing that. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I would work pretty late on Fridays and then like pretty much every Saturday. Like I think those first five years, I probably, I probably worked 45 or more Saturdays a year.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. Wow. No wonder you had burnout. (laughs) And it was always a big deal. If I had to take a Saturday off, it was like, you know, I was like notifying clients like weeks in advance and like all these things. Now I'm like, um, no, I work every other Saturday, if that, and figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Like not to be an uncaring person, but I, I do, you know, when people come to me, I do take really good care of them, but I have to take really good care of me to be able to take that kind of care for them. Right. And it sounds
0: like you saying okay, you know, figure it out is more about you not taking responsibility for them, like overextending yourself to make them comfortable.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, because in these like service-based professions, especially when you're self-employed, a lot of <laughs> a lot of people are like, well, just, you know, I had an emergency come up and I'm like, oh no, what's going on? Well, my vacation's next week. And I'm like, no, I know you've been planning this for six months. Don't <laughs> tell me it's an emergency. <laughs> like I thought it was a funeral or something. Yeah. Something unexpected. So right. yeah, it does. It you're like you said, I am have learned over the years, it's not my job to take that kind of responsibility. And I think being child-free, but not necessarily having stepped into that role fully, I kind of felt like, not that it was my job or something, almost that I was being told that it was my responsibility because I didn't have children. Like, oh, but these people have children. They have to work around their kids' schedule, So you should accommodate them.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That totally obliterates any like boundaries or ability (laughs) ability to set boundaries when you're taught to overextend yourself that way. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that, you know, even back then at the time you didn't realize maybe that you didn't want kids at, and when did that become realization for you and how,
1: you know, it's been kind of an evolution because it's really funny. The, I think the funniest thing about, um, about people saying that kind of thing to me early in my career was the fact that like I was in a same sex relationship at the time. It wasn't even like on the radar, you know? Yeah. And so, and I mean, I always kind of had it like, oh, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll adopt some kids or something like that. And then it was just kind of like, "Mm -hmm. no, it just wasn't right. And so, you know, that relationship ended and, and I did my own thing for a little bit. And then I met my husband and I don't know, like when we first started talking, like we met online, classic millennial love story. And um, so we met online and even like before we met in person, we were kind of talking about it. He's like, Do you want kids? And I was like, I don't know, maybe. And I was like, I'm not really committed either way. And then he's like, Yeah, me neither. And you know, we've been married for over four years now and together for like seven. I'm thinking about that together for seven, married for four. And, you know, I don't know. I think over time, like it, it would come up every now and then. And every time it was like, do you think we should do this? And I don't know, you know, and I think the farther along it's gotten, it's just kind of like, I don't really want to do that. Like, do do you want to do that? You know? And so I think after, honestly, after really discovering the child-free community and just seeing people like, living their best lives, it kind of, I don't want to say it gave me permission to be like, really step into it. But I mean, we've had several talks over the past year and a half of, is this something we want to do or not? Because like, let's, let's kind of figure that out. Cause you know, once you're, I think it's like 32 or 34, you're like advanced age pregnancy anyway. Mm -hmm. And just the, The thought of being pregnant does not appeal to me. (laughs) So, like, we kind of are just like, yeah, no, I I just don't think that's going to happen for us. So, it's been really wonderful to like step into that. And it's like a weight has been lifted, you know?
0: Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I can totally relate to that. It's like once you make the decision, because I think you and I can relate on it sort of being an evolution for both of us, a gradual one, it's kind of always been there. And then, but it was brought, from the subconscious to the conscious. And Mm -hmm. when that happens, then it's like all these opportunities that couldn't come forward because it like, it wasn't concrete before, like open. Yeah. Which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it makes a big difference. And I know you and I have talked, like, because at one point it was still like, oh, we're not sure. My husband was in the market for a new car. And I'm like, well, you got to get something just in case, just in case we have kids, like kids that don't even exist yet, but we're making decisions based on needing to put car seats in a car. What? <laughs> what? No. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which, but- that's so interesting. Cause like then that sort of parallels how you started your career working intensely to prepare for the days that, you know, you might have kids and right not take those <laughs> shifts and whatever. Yeah. yeah. It, it does feel like an ingrained thing to make those decisions around that future. Totally. Whether you've realized you want it or not.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's kind of just like the, I think it's like the expected future, you know? Yes. Yes, And so you really have to, like when you realize like, oh, I can have anything else, like anything else, like that's, it's so exciting. And like you said, it opens up so many other things that you didn't, like you couldn't have made those decisions before.
0: Right. Are there any examples that come to mind for you in your specific, like what has opened
1: up? I mean, nothing super crazy just yet. Cause like I said, it's been kind of more of a, a more recent like concrete realization, but I mean, we live in a two bedroom, one bathroom house. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> let's just start right there. So the, the, the idea was, okay, are we going to not have kids stay in this house, make it exactly what we want it to be, or are we going to move into another house? And I mean, there's like nothing wrong with either option of that, but it's just like, until you know, or don't know, you just don't make a decision. So over the past year, really, I mean, we, we had to have, like, we kind of had to have the foundation work done, but I mean, Mm. we had like siding and windows and like our house is getting so cute now, you know, and it's like something that we, we wouldn't have made that decision. Like we would not have chosen to put money into this house unless we were going to stay here. And if we were going to have children, like we would have had to move pretty much.
0: And that's so exciting to be able to make it the space that you guys want it to be.
1: Yeah. It's been fun. It's exhausting, but it's
0: super fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We have the same size house, two bedroom, one bath and we're in our,
1: aren't you remodeling right now too? Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Actually we have a dumpster coming today. Hopefully not during this recording because my dog will bark, but (laughs) We're about yeah. to tear out our kitchen, and yeah. Oh man, yeah. Oh man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean things like that. I mean there hasn't been too many other bigger things, but just I don't know. I feel like in general there's a sense of like wonder and possibility, and like oh I we could just get up and go away for the weekend. I'll just call my sister; she'll watch our pets, and it's great, you know. Like yeah. I mean, being willing to do those things and spend the money on the things that you want to do too.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, right. And that energy shift, like even if mm-hmm. nothing, you know, the plans haven't necessarily materialized yet, but you right. have that, a bit, like that wonder and possibility that you were just speaking of. And that has a lot more momentum behind it than energy of mm-hmm. like,
1: we don't we i don't know yeah and just like waiting all the time like it's like you're just sitting in a waiting room of your own life right right oh i love that visual I mean, really like, and you know, I don't know how other doctor's offices are, but mine has two doors that nurses come out of and call your name. And so you're just like sitting in this waiting room and you're like, okay, it's going to be this one. Is it this one? Is it this one? I guess I'll look at my phone for a little while. She hasn't come (laughs) out yet. You know, like you're just kind of sitting there and you don't, I mean, obviously in the doctor's office, it doesn't matter what door she uses, but (laughs) the point is, is like, you know, you just, you're just kind of stuck there in that one spot. Right.
0: And uh, I love that analogy too, because it's like, you're just sitting there, you're waiting for it to sort of happen for you or for like the decision to just like manifest. Whereas you could get up and walk to the door you wanted. I mean, you shouldn't yeah. in a doctor's office, you should wait right. for the nurse,
1: but <laughs> yeah, but I mean, other people are getting up and going to their, to their doors and, and, yeah, you know, they're moving and going about and doing their thing, but you know, you just kind of sit there and wait and like, I I mean, you had mentioned this before. Like, if you don't make a choice, then neither door is open. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you really are stuck in that waiting room. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a bit stagnant.
1: Mm -hmm. For sure. What has your experience since
0: making this choice to be child free been?
1: I feel like because it was kind of a gradual onset, people are questioning it less now. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) At least people that like I know personally, because I never. You know, I have always, gosh, since I was like eight, I've gotten the, oh, you'll make a great mom someday, right. always, you know, I'm an Enneagram too. I'm a helper, I'm a caretaker. And so, and then as a stylist, they're like, oh, you take such good care of your clients. You'll make such a great mom. And it's like, no, thank you though. Um, <laughs> but I actually feel like it's kind of funny. Like after a while, I think people were just kind of like, like when I actually did come out and I was like, okay, this this is who I am. And I ignored this part of my life for so long and I'm, I'm not going to ignore it anymore. Like I'm child-free and I'm happy about it. And this is who I am. And I, I did not get a single negative comment on Facebook or Instagram about that. And I really don't think it's like too surprising to me anymore because it has been such a, cause people would obviously, like we were getting asked at our wedding, at our wedding, oh, okay, so when when are the baby Bentleys coming? And I'm just like, can, can we just enjoy our day? Right? <laughs> can we please enjoy this day that I spent a year and a half planning? You know, so we've we've gotten the questions long enough and people have gotten answers that are, depending on my mood, either snarky or not, sometimes yeah. not but sometimes snarky. <laughs> and so I, I think at this point, people who know us are like, not super surprised that I'm just like, Hey, we don't have kids. And you know, we
0: like that. I mean, as you're sharing, it hasn't been without that expectation either.
1: Right. Yeah. And no, def- those questions. Yeah. I mean, cause when you're obviously, you know, like I said, we've been married for four years and so people are like, well, is right it, how about now and it's so <laughs> annoying because it's like you can't have any piece of good news without somebody being like oh you're pregnant and i'm like gosh Peace. no <laughs> no yes. like we got a cat like
0: <laughs> yep yeah. totally mm-hmm. have there been any doubts or fears or struggles that this decision has brought up for you i
1: think really the only time that I kind of struggle with this. And it's something that I, before, before we necessarily even fully made the decision, the holidays have always been a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a pretty decent size extended family on both sides. Like my mom is one of four. My dad is one of five and I'm one of three. And so yeah. <laughs> anytime we get together for the holidays, it's like, it's loud and chaotic and fun. And there's like laughing, there's like all this food and it's a great time. And And I do love that. Um, so I, every now and then on the holidays, I would be like, Oh my gosh, like, what will it be like? Like when we're our parents age or my grandma's age or whatever, you know, but it's like, you can create whatever you want as far as that. But then also, you know, last year we didn't have any of that because of COVID and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it wasn't the worst thing ever, you know, like I, I also didn't hate that either. And I'm like, well, maybe quiet holidays are fine too. You know, even if, even if it does turn out that that's the kind of holidays we have as we get older, but I just think that, you know, that's really the main thing. Like I don't, I'm not afraid of being alone when I'm old or anything like that, you know, because honestly, I think there are a lot of people who thought they wouldn't be alone, who had kids and they're like, Oh, I won't be lonely when I'm old. And like, the sad thing is like, I worked in a nursing home when I was 16 years old and you know, I mean, having kids does not guarantee anything. So.
0: Yeah, I did too. That was my first job outside of babysitting and lawn mowing. (laughs) Uh, My first like W2 job was working in a nursing home. Yeah. yeah. And, and also though, I think that that experience gives me the perspective too that, like, though people didn't have family, there is staff that cares about them. And so like, sure. you know, if I'm in a nursing home, I might
1: have a great relationship with the activity aide, like I was, you know, so,
0: yeah.
1: or the, the 16 year old kid pushing the laundry cart, man, they, they loved <laughs> just like giving you a hard time or whatever, you know, and yeah I don't know. I mean there's there's so many ways to to connect with other people and other humans, and i I don't think I, I don't think we give other people enough credit of mm. our ability to connect with them.
0: Yeah, I think that's so true. Yeah, just relationships with other people can be incredibly valuable. Family is important, mm-hmm. but it's not the only relationship out there to support sure. us, especially in older years. Yeah. Absolutely. What internalized societal messages have you just uncovered in yourself through this process?
1: I mean, clearly it had a lot to do with the expectation of what you should do until you have kids. There, there are so many expectations on child-free women that you should be required to give more of yourself, make up for the slack of others when, you know, when they choose to have children or they're doing things for their children. And I mean, I I do think that the phrase it takes a village is absolutely true, but I also don't think that it's entirely up to child-free women to make up that gap. And so I think just realizing the, the internalized need to say yes to any type of request, because I felt for a long time that I had to prove something that I had to prove that I wasn't like a lazy person or prove my worth or whatever And so I found myself saying yes to basically everything. And, you know, I think that's a very internalized thing from the messages that we send out about child-free women or people. I think that's absolutely, I can relate to that too.
0: I I feel like at first I really felt like I had to make up for something. I'm not having a kid, but I want others to still see me as valuable. And like, I'm doing something with my life, Yeah. but the permission just to exist wasn't there. It didn't like I had to get there. I, and I did. Um, but yeah, that's a big thing. And, you know, I think it's, it's kind of pushed in the workplace too, like Mm -hmm. throwing those without children into covering for other people, um, Mm -hmm. whether or not they want to. Yeah. This is maybe similar, but slightly different. Um, what pressures or assumptions have you faced in relation to this choice? Anything different that you
1: would add? You know, I don't think too much that I can really think of. Um, you know, I had a cousin and his wife and they were together for a very, very long, like we, they had, they did end up having children or or daughter and it shocked all of us, honestly. (laughs) But, you know, I just remember hearing how the family would talk about them because I mean, they did, they had a good time with their child-free life. Like, they embraced it from the get-go they they live like in southern Illinois near like wine trails and stuff so they were always having like lunch at the winery and you know (laughs) fun things like that but I remember just kind of seeing the assumptions about, oh, they're having a good time, aren't they? And I'm like, yeah, actually they are. (laughs) I mean, maybe because we don't really necessarily do that type of thing, or maybe because people just say behind our backs, I haven't really noticed anything necessarily, but also because it was kind of such a gradual thing. And we, you know, we stay busy with projects and that sort of thing. So I don't know that it's as much, but I, I have a feeling that maybe some things might come up. As we start to really uh, step more fully into our lifestyle,
0: right? And like that example of your cousins, it's almost like the—I don't know. Maybe I'm perceiving it wrong, but almost like a tone of judgment, like, like,
1: like you're having a good time, right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, like judgment slash jealousy, honestly. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is you know, I think as child-free people, it can be really hard. Like there is a stigma and we get these comments or, or those things said behind our backs. But, you know, I think if we take a, a more holistic look at it, like maybe there, it, it is a little bit of jealousy. And, and if we can have compassion for the people, even though <laughs> it can be offensive um, the way, the way it's said, or the way it comes off, but like seeing that maybe they're, they're envious because they wish they had that freedom or they Mm. didn't realize they had a choice and putting that lens on it. I think it can help.
1: Yeah. Well, and I was actually listening to, um, to another podcast. Um, I'm friends with you, not your baby. Have you you, seen that one out? Um, one of the episodes they were talking about when people hear that someone is child-free by choice, the first emotion that comes up in people is envy. And then the second one is, I I was trying to think, is it resentment maybe, or something along the lines of that? It's the first one is envy. And then I want to say the second one might've been resentment. It it was something along the lines of that though, like not real positive emotions. So you can see how people seeing, you know, seeing couples having fun together and enjoying each other and that sort of thing. Like, yeah, of course, if, if they see that they're, you know, and the first thing about Or the first emotion that comes up when you hear somebody is child-free by choice is envy. Of course, like that's, you totally understand where that reaction is coming from.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I know that there are a lot of studies and I haven't read them all. I've seen them referred to in like a YouTube video But I know like the happiness gap in the United States for parents, it's like they do have a decrease in happiness, but when you zoom out and look at it, um, there are some countries like I saw Portugal listed where the happiness actually increased for parents. And there's a correlation in the countries where it increases that country usually has like lower fertility rate overall. So there are less, so those who are having kids, in other words, really want to have the kids, they can't like let go of the idea idea and gotcha. so but um yeah. so but then looking at the United States there's other factors like a significant portion of income goes mm-hmm. into child raising because uh child care isn't as not supportive whereas yeah. other countries um may have better support systems and it was just like mind-blowing so to hear you talking about the envy and the regret and then mm-hmm. re- thinking about the happiness gap it totally makes sense. you know, that those might be the emotions that come up. Absolutely. What advice would you give to someone who is trying to decide whether or not they want kids?
1: I would advise to just step back from the decision a little bit. I would ask yourself what kind of life that you want to have, what supports that type of life best, because as I mentioned, it was a very gradual decision for me. And if you can't make that decision right away, just don't stay in that energy of waiting. Even if you decide to change your mind later for right now, choose to be child-free and choose to enjoy yourself as a child-free person. And if you change your mind later, which I'm not saying anybody has to or will or anything like that, because everybody's like, you'll always change your mind. Not that sort of thing. But if you're not sure, just embrace being child-free. Just embrace the life that you have right now, because we're not guaranteed anything. And so you don't want to spend all your time just waiting around for something that may or may not happen. I love that.
0: Yeah. And I think with that advice that it's a lot of being present and enjoying the present moment and, and embracing that child free, like you're saying life. Cause that's, if that's who you are right now and Mm -hmm. just see where that can take you. And as humans, we evolve and we grow and changing our mind is okay. But yeah, like anxiety is a lot about thinking about the future and not being in the present. So
1: Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think there's a lot of pressure to just to know right now. And then as I mentioned before, if you're in that energy of waiting, You're just going to be making all of your decisions based on a hypothetical future. And so then if you come to the choice later and you're like, oh, I definitely don't want kids, then you've just kind of wasted a bunch of time making decisions based on hypothetical children you're not even going to have. Right.
0: Yeah. Like you were making decisions that supported a future that actually isn't going to come into reality. Is there any advice or encouragement you'd give to our child-free listeners? You know, anything self-care related or just in general?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I find I'm talking to the people pleasers right now because when you are a people pleaser and you're child-free, as I mentioned before, there's so, so much pressure to prove your worth, to do the extra things because you don't have kids. And I would just... Encourage you not to deal with that. Like, just, <laughs> just stop being open to that. You can. I mean, I don't think that. I don't think that being of service to others is a bad thing. I think it's wonderful to be of service, but you want to come at it from a clean place. You want to come at being of service not from people pleasing or not from a sense of guilt or obligation or trying to prove your worth. And so that would be my big thing. Um, If you have struggles with that, definitely feel free to DM me anytime because I can talk all day about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That proving your worth. Just remember you're already worthy as you are and Mm. valued. Yeah. That's big. Are there any resources that you have been helpful to you or you might encourage people to take a look at?
1: I mean, honestly, all of your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm being very serious. Um, one of my, so one of my first, first friends who is like boldly unapologetically child-free, um, she's petite font on Instagram. Her name's Paulette and that's who actually sent me your account, but she was the first one that I really saw like unapologetically happily child-free and like no bones about it. And I just like so admired that. And so we connected, you know, and I mean, there's I want to say there's maybe like a 10 year age gap difference from us and but we just connected so well, you know, because we had this thing in common that it's like it can be kind of hard to find friends and I mean I live in a small rural town like 30 3600 people in my hometown. So yeah. <laughs> 100 not 1000 100. <laughs> <laughs> so it can be very hard to find people who are you know making different choices and that sort of thing and so finding finding the internet community has just been so incredible. And then she sent me to your stuff, which like really opened up the whole child-free community, especially on Instagram, um, has been super helpful in terms of the people pleasing side of things. I really, really love, um, the holistic psychologist who's Dr. Nicole LaPera. Mm -hmm. She wrote a book called, have you read it? Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I I love it. I love that book. Um, how (laughs) to do the work, how to do the work. Oh my gosh. I was like, when I started reading that book, like, you know, when you see, you see somebody reading a book about something kind of, and I mean, I know like mental health and personal development is not obscure, but like, there's a lot of sciencey stuff at the beginning of that book, but yeah. I was eating it up, you know? And I was like, you know, when you see somebody reading a book about like 18th century sailboats or something like <laughs> that, and you're like- why is this, this person is like enthralled with this book. That's how I felt about her book. <laughs> yes. like Like learning about all the systems and how your, your nervous system is affected by this or that or the other. It was fascinating. And it goes into so much more than that. But I think that book has just been like, wow, it showed so many, showed me so many like patterns and things I needed to look at. It was incredible.
0: Oh, I'm so glad you brought that book up. I love that book. I feel like, yes, untamed was my book of 2020 and how to do Ooh. the work was my book of 2021. It was amazing. Yeah. I love it. So yeah. Good. Yeah. And her yeah. account, she's got great mm-hmm. messages and I think she posts like daily. It's very active oh, yeah. and she's created quite a community of self healers, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I'm so fascinated by that. And she has just such good, Information that's like really easy to digest and it like gives you things to think about for yourself.
0: Yeah, definitely worth checking out. I know like earlier this summer you had a summit. Um, Do you have anything like that in the works again? Um, Are there (laughs) things people can
1: connect with you about? I do love collaborating. I don't have anything big like that coming up. I said, I will probably do it again. It was a lot of work, but it was so like, I mean, it brought me absolute joy to do like to connect with people and that sort of thing. Um, I don't have anything big in the works planned for that. But, um, I do have, as of the time of this recording though, they'll probably be ready before this is out, okay. but I am releasing what I'm calling spark sessions. So what I've come up with that's helps me so much with the self-care and the routines and all that kind of stuff is the spark method. And it's a five-step process that just helps you kind of like break out of some of those things that are really causing you to burn out it helps you create better routines it helps you kind of get back to the lifestyle you know you're wanting and you're capable of so the spark sessions are one hour calls where we sit down and we discuss like what it is you need right now and then we come up with a plan and come up with your unique steps for each of the steps of the spark method and then you get um, you get a copy of the Spark Method workbook, and then also two weeks of Voxer access to me to ask like follow up questions, that sort of thing. So it's kind of like a mini coaching session, and it's really good for people who maybe have not had a coach before, or anything like that. Kind of just want to dip their toes in. Mm, yeah. And so you know, it's like a good way to get started and to get some ideas without having to go through like an entire program or anything like that. It's just like kind of a quick burst, like a quick start to get you going on that sort of thing. So that's like my big thing right now. Cool.
0: I love it. That's exciting. Um, and how can people connect with you?
1: Instagram is the best way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Feel free. Follow me on Instagram, simply Bentley. Um, it's Bentley, like the car for some reason, whenever I say (laughs) it, people are like, how do you spell that? And I'm like, Bentley, B-E-N-T-L-E-Y, <laughs> but okay. Um, so simply Bentley on Instagram, um, feel free to send me a DM. I post very cheesy reels almost daily. Um, you know, I try to post little tips and tidbits to kind of help people just figure out those little actions that they need to get started with their self-care and having better routines and just making the best choices for their life.
0: Yeah, your page is amazing, and thank, thank you, you for the work that you do. It is really important. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's really quality stuff too. So,
1: Aww, thank you. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, so flattered right now.
0: Well, Kelsey, thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you for being on the podcast, and thank you for what you do.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for all of your work. Because, like I said, finding you and meeting you was my introduction to like. A big part of what could be. So thank you. Oh, I'm so honored.
0: (laughs) And thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. Well, um, thanks, everyone. And we'll catch you next time. Hey, listener, real quick before you go, if you're curious what it might be like to work with a coach around any aspect of your child free life, or the decision to have kids in the first place, you can book a free 45 minute clarity call with me through my Instagram page My handle is at CoachAnnaOlson, and you'll find a link to book your session in the link tree. I cannot wait to talk to you.